afternoon and good evening and welcome to the Desi Sportscast. Uh, really good to have you join us again and thank you for all the fantastic download support you're giving us on the podcast. Um, hundreds of you downloading it, so it'd be really good to build up this community as well. I know sometimes joining a live stream is not the easiest thing to do, but um, for those of you that are listening to us on the podcast, just get your questions to us because we've got fantastic people, as you know, and none more so than Nevin himself. Nevin, the man whose name is on the show. How are you, my friend? All good, all good. It's been an exciting week. Back to doing some work and... Just happy to be talking football, even though the football has not been that interesting. But happy to be here. Head in hands time for the past week. (laughs) And uh, we will get into that as to why. I think everybody knows why. But first of all, explain the shirt. Oh, this is an old uh, local of Jersey's head. You know, everybody associates me as a Kerala fan, so might as well change things and tell, hey, I care about other clubs too, so here's me sort of saying, hey, I, I love Kukman as well. So. No, I like it, I like it. I've not seen it before, but it just goes to show if it's uh, um, uh, from a few years ago, your links to the club and your support for the, well, not links, but support for the club uh, over the years. But um, how's your week been before we get into the football world? Uh, I think uh, the week, I, I'm sure as a football fan you will uh, relate to this as well, I think football dictates our mood and I think uh, this week I was angry, I think more, I think that's the strongest sentiment that I had. I was just angry with how things are and I, I was sort of happy that a lot of people did call out, people had just enough, you know, uh, they'd reach a different point and sort of spilled over and a lot of us were like talking about what is going on with football. And that sort of reflected on things that I did. So, you know, I think, you know me, I, whenever I'm upset, I want to be obsessed with work, I want to take up a lot of projects and stuff. So that sort of pushed me to doing some projects and sort of keep starting a few projects for Carl and uh, so that way, it's, that way it's been at least a productive week and hopefully we'll start seeing the outputs from the next week onwards. So that's, that's oh. nice, but footballing wise, pretty sad. How are things there? Well, it's a beautiful day today. Um, it's October here, so it's not uh, the usual weather we get, but so far it's been a fantastic weekend, really sunny, a little bit cooler, but the sun's out, so yeah, it's looking good weather-wise, but not footballing-wise. Uh, but before we get into Indian football, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know where to start with that, but we'll start somewhere. Um, I just want to take your views on a couple of big stories that have happened here um, in England. And obviously the biggest one is one of the richest people in the world has decided to buy, I think it's a fantastic supported club. I love, love going to Newcastle, uh, not only to the city, but to the ground. Although uh, you've probably heard it from hundreds of other people, but I can genuinely say if you can climb up those steps in one go without taking a break to the away end, you're fit. Uh, but um, your thoughts on Newcastle becoming the richest club in the world? Happy for them, happy for the fans. I think considering what they've gone I think I'm happy that you know their supporters can now look forward to great football. But you don't really like this happening to you. Like it's just you don't want. I mean, I mean, I, I, you can call me a hypocrite. Right? Like I support a team that is also funded by uh, a, a similar, if not the same scale, but like uh, a, a similar setup. But so in some sense, I understand the fan point of view, that I understand, you know, 
Vitas are short, short as well. That's what you can't fancy saying. Yeah. You know, why, why can City exist? Why can Chelsea exist? And mind you, it's not like uh, the clubs like Manchester, Liverpool, and United are not owned by uh, you know big players now. They probably don't have ties to oil, or uh, they don't come from a certain setup. But they're also rich folks, and they are trying to make money out of your club. Just that they work differently. So. I think as Newcastle fans, you just be elated right now. It's high time that you know they can start dreaming about winning titles and no longer about relegation scraps and stuff like that. I, I feel happy for the fans. I'm going to just sit back and sort of analyze what is going to happen. I want to see. Obviously, you know you expect them to come through a lot of through a lot of money, get a lot of good players. But I want to see that really happen before I make a call. I don't know if they're going to approach it differently now that FFP and everything exists at least on paper. Uh, will they take it a little more, you know, cautiously? Will they try, you know, even even when City started off with the big funding, it was the likes of Stephen Ireland and you know those folks sort of, you know, driving the the team forward. You know, you had the opinions also coming in, but. There was a transitional phase. Even Chelsea got a lot of these main bridge, and Lampard went on to become a great signing, of course. But like they did, like Sean Rifles, all those kind of star players, right? So I want to see what Newcastle does in the next two years. I think it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be a great uh, opportunity for English players. I think you know somebody like I know I don't want to lose Mason Mount from Chelsea, but somebody like Mason Mount, those kind of you know uh, players. Can really thrive in a setup like this, where they can really be the change makers for a for a fabulous club, like you said. So, it, it, I mean, I, I'm supposed to be as a journalist be the skeptic here, but I'm just I'm a big fan of the gold movies. So you know, so so, so I, I have a uh, you know I was just talking to my brother yesterday, and he is a big United fan, uh, Manchester United fan, and both of us were saying like you know the big. We started following football together. Uh, you know, he started watching Manchester United, and that's my entry to uh, Premier League as well. So, in those days, with Kevin Keegan, and uh, you know, that that is the that is a Newcastle we know. We was fighting for the top four place. So it's not a club that we think is a bottom tier club. We've seen the the you know the Newcastle teams to share and. All those guys really dominate Premier League as well, so it's, it's going to be very interesting. And both of us were genuinely excited for the club as well. It's good to see them back, um, you know. Uh, and I'm sure if that kind of money is coming in, they will be challenging for the trophy, uh, top first spot. So it, it makes Premier League competitive. If you look at the larger picture as to you know what is happening to Premier League, I think that's a big conversation. I think that's a podcast on its own because. Uh, you know, I think football has been sold out, and it's been sold out for quite a long time now. It's not because no. this thing happened in Newcastle. I think in the last 20 years, we've seen, uh, you know, multiple instances. We've seen City escape. Um, we've seen PSG escape. So even despite all these regulations, you know, football continues to belong with, uh, you know, for I mean, continues to be for with money. But then you love your Leicester stories and your eyes all stories just to keep that balance going. So we will see how this goes. I think unfortunately you and I have no control over how uh, football is going to go. And I think this is the only way forward. They've understood there is money in it, there is glamour in it, and so they will continue doing it. So uh, and Saudi Group is such a big setup to 
Like it's not even like you can expect them to be upset about the losses and walk away or anything. They're not doing that. So no, this is a so difference just between. Enjoy the ride now. It, it it will be a ride, and it's going to make yeah. the uh, January transfer window. The price is going to be inflated, obvious reasons. I, I was telling my friends, um, Chelsea offloaded a lot of players this summer. I, I was telling my friends that they probably missed it. You know, yeah. if they were available in January, they would have you know all these tamiyams and. Uh, Uh, you know, Tomori, Kudi, all those guys would have gone for like a lot of money to Newcastle. And uh, as you can imagine, the names already being bandied about as to who will go in January. Uh, lo- forget the long term. Uh, I think that's a dream at the moment. But in terms of January, some of the players like Lingard and Tesofti from Burnley, and but I think the big one will be who the next manager will be because we know it's not going to be Steve Bruce. So I do feel for him. But like you said, you know, the people that uh, I'm really happy for are the Geordies. They're absolutely wonderful, wonderful people. Really genuinely nice and friendly and welcoming. And, no, uh, but Bharat, just explain, uh, explain the politics there. Isn't Newcastle a sort of a pro-Brexit sort of a space? So how, does, how do they, uh, you know, be open to such an idea of a, a Saudi takeover? Um, I don't think... <laughs> Brexit was... Well, if you want to get into it, Brexit was about not allowing. I think the main topic was not about immigration. Let's let's be blunt. It was about immigration, taking back control. But when it comes to football ownership and people bringing money into your club, which is going to hopefully translate into success, I think people will overlook any um, thoughts they might have of foreign owners. Um, I think, um, I mean, at the moment, Mike Ashley, he's, uh, he's an Englishman, but he's been by, hated hugely by the Geordies for five, ten years now. And um, he was one of them. He was a big Newcastle fan. He used to stand, uh, stand in the, uh, um, sit in the stand, or stand with the supporters before it became unsafe for him. Um, so they've had that. But I think when it comes to um, your own success or... Uh, money coming into area, your politics goes out in a way. You look at uh, your personal feelings. So you're more threatened by somebody working in the workshop or somebody working in the supermarket dancing. Well, well, I don't know if you've seen the stories, but now it's coming home to roost in terms of the huge shortages we've got with uh, drivers in the care sector, in the retail sector, in the farming sector. Huge, huge. uh, Because people... I've been not saying too much because of who I work for, but uh, you know, if local people don't want to do certain jobs, you have to rely on um, immigration. And um, I don't think a lot of people who voted for Brexit had the long, you know, understood this. So if they did, they, you know, they they weren't to worry because there's most people that voted Brexit that don't want to do these jobs. And they're not low-paid jobs, but they're not jobs that they want to do. Work in logistics, uh, the warehouses. Uh, we had um, that was pretty much run on Eastern Europeans. Our farms are work uh, based on European labour. Um, the poultry sector, th- that side of farming is ba- uh, heavily reliant. Was heavily reliant on Eastern Europeans. So yeah, that's uh, having that, that. That is definitely coming to roost now at the moment, and um, you can see now in the. It's a really big supermarket near me that we go use and um, empty shelves. I mean, basics like water, uh, essentials, you know, because they just can't get them in. Uh, there's no drivers. Uh, you know what? We had a fuel shortage for over two weeks. 
yeah. I can get my car fuel for uh, eight days. And I live near a big uh, flagship um, uh, filling station. So, wow. and uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Even the government has said that. So, um, we'll see. But um, going back to uh, football, um, like I said, I think the big question will be as to who the new manager will be. But I don't think um, also... If you look at the PSG scenario, that was very different uh, because they're a one-club league, basically. This isn't. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy for Newcastle. And also because Newcastle, of where it is in the northeast, it's not London, it's not one of, it's not a capital city, and it's not yeah. got the huge uh, success history of the Liverpools and the Uniteds. Um, so it's not going to be as easy as what people think. Um, uh, so we'll see how it pans out, but it certainly makes um, for a very interesting uh, Premier League as well. It's always is, but even more now that potentially we've got these owners who've got three hundred billion uh, loss and profit and loss is not too much of an issue when it comes. To, I think this is more marketing. Uh, but you've heard, you must have also heard other Premier Leagues have raised objections to this takeover, and all of a sudden they've grown a conscience. And they've uh, decided that the Saudi owners are possibly not fit and proper. Do you think that should come into it at all? Although we know it, there's a lot of examples where it hasn't. But do you think Saudi Arabia is that exception? Because we've got Chinese owners. Uh, they own Wolverhampton. Yeah, exactly. They have uh, Aston Villa. They've got big shares in that. They're buying up huge chunks of um, uh, infrastructure. But See, in an ideal scenario, yes, this should bother us. But then Miami playing a World Cup in Qatar. Then you know, I mean, there are multiple questions. How does how does this one instance bring out all these emotions in you? And otherwise, it's just okay, we care. Even Chinese investment, if you don't really talk about it, we've had multiple instances of uh, uh, Muslims call out, uh, you know, genocide and multiple cases allegedly against them. Uh, so you know. If you want to, <laughs> you can't just be cherry picking uh, scenarios just to suit your uh, conscience. It has to be even. You know, if, if, if something is bothering you, call out every time, not just when Saudi money is coming into a league and, uh, you know, supposedly going to knock you off your perch. So I, I don't really I don't really buy that argument. And, uh, but I, I am happy. I mean, I, I don't really care about football management management per se in terms of they will obviously do what it takes so one day they think of a super league next day they'll come out and say we care about fans tomorrow they'll do another thing i would be really happy if players came and talked about so that's when you know that it's affecting them so even with the super league it's when these hendersons and everybody came out and said hey we're not really cool with it that is going to make a difference so i would be excited if a player is going to come out and say hey i am really concerned and i will not go play for that team because I know how they make their money, they've got blood in their hands. Brilliant. Now that will take seriousness. Managements and organizations and everyone using this. I'm not. I mean, assets. Anything is clean money. Anybody beyond. I believe anybody richer than certain limits have all got some levels of you know wrongdoing in their hands. So it just it just depends on what the scale is. So I don't really think you know. I don't really think a Chelsea can go and say, hey, Saudi, you can't, uh, you can't possibly be doing this. So, uh, so I, I mean, that's my standpoint. So I don't care what Chelsea management says about it. I would be happy if, say, 
amazing uh, podcast and say hey listen i don't think i want to play for it all the specific club whatever but i don't think my conscience will allow me so that i think is another player coming out and say that i think yeah absolutely and um, i think it's a bit hypocritical when uh, all of a sudden they grow conscience and uh, when it suits them but yeah, yeah really interesting news um i know it's gone through with despite these oppositions i think it will go through we've already got telegram groups here in kerala because of fans is it building up we had it last year and then i remember i was part of one group uh, because it became like a fun culture thing everybody was there everybody was Um, and it was big, 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 you know, big things like they were going to sign Ronaldo and Messi and all that. So there's no, and that group had become Atlanta fans midway through because I think the the group admin decided that the Atlanta fans good football. I didn't want to go that route. So now it's back again. Now it's back to being Newcastle. Well, I'm really happy because um, I don't know if you know about Sovik, who is the media manager of uh, FC Goa. Okay. He's a big Newcastle fan. Oh right. Okay. And yeah, I I I I think I saw a tweet from him saying, "Oh my God, this is finally over," or something of that sort. And I was like, genuinely happy for the guy. Oh my God, you are the only Newcastle supporter that I know. <laughs> and I'm really happy for you. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a few turning up everywhere in the world, not just in India or Kerala. But uh, yeah, uh, look forward to how that pans out. Uh, but moving on and to. I, 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 sorry, I just. Uh, A lot of my friends and like you know, we we really mad about Ronaldo and Kerala. So a lot of them have Juventus jerseys, who now suddenly starting to look like. Well, just to give them a history lesson, that shirt was based on Notts County, so uh, no, not on the Newcastle one. But uh, yeah, I, I get the point, and we will be seeing a lot more. Uh, Even black the and white. Juventus story is that they ordered a pink jersey and they got. Yeah. The white, the white and black. Yeah, the North Count. I think it's something to do with Englishmen that was there at the time. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that pans out, and uh, it'll be adds more interest to the Premier League. And certainly, I'm looking forward to the January transfer window now, and even more the summer window next year. Because um, if they do get one of these marquee signings, well, the Premier League is just going to continue to rise. Um, the Premier League is getting relegated. I think that's why they'll they'll be spending money in January to yeah, avoid that. To, yeah. yeah, they will be buying. But I think they'll be buying British English players, British players, uh, to get them through that. Uh, but I think they'll probably get a manager before Christmas uh, to give him that January window and then set him up for uh, the summer. Yeah. So we'll see how that pans out. But happy for the Geordies. Um, I just want to ask you a, a question that's going to lead into our main topic. But uh, who do you think is the Manager that has uh, underperformed Martinez or Stimac? Wow, this is actually tough. I mean, Stimac obviously because he's not performed. We got we got to come to that, but uh, I, you know why I'm asking this because yeah, against uh, Belgium, with the talent and the so-called golden generation, this why week, why is Martinez ever rated? I I thought he was he's sort of playing everywhere he's gone. And then he got to work with the golden generation of Belgium. I don't think they'll ever have that kind of a set of footballers again. No. And then he never delivered, and and the sort of odd usage of players. He just went. He thought football was so easy that you can just put a formation in those players, and they almost did. Regardless of his bad coaching, there's so much talent that they still almost uh, you know got them a trophy here and there. But yeah, it's so sad to just see them. 
you know, have no answers. But and and I think the, the golden generation is past now. So you don't you, you think that Qatar will be one year too much for some of these players? Sometimes it happens that it's past the golden generation that they win something. So it could be like that where you know they pull off a few strings and you know luck goes their way, whatever, and uh, they, they go and win something. But um, I do feel the defense is too weak now with you know the likes of Token and Alvarez. All of them have company. All of them have sort of passed that generation is over, and they've not really replaced with you know top class defenders. So that's also always going to be a big problem for I think uh, uh, Belgium and I think Hazard struggling with injury. De Bruyne still still an excellent player, but I, I still feel even he some two years ago was at his prime and now I think he's still managing himself and he's not playing a lot of matches and stuff. Uh, Lukaku is there. Uh, I think Lukaku is still there. I think he's got another two three years in him, but it's. That, that Belgian team used to be full of stars, like 11 yeah. stars used to be playing. Now, well, they've got six or seven, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I know Telemans and all of them are really good players, but it doesn't, like, they're not that level of, yeah. you know. If you're talking about world players, class, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're not there yet. Yeah, but so it was, it was, it was, I saw the game live and... Uh, being 2 0 up, I thought finally, although they still got to play for Spain in the final, I thought finally. I did not see the French come back, but it was a fantastic comeback as well. And look at the talent they've got, and it's younger than the Belgian talent. So, yeah, I do feel for oh, the Belgian. France is sorted for another 10 years. Unless they screw up because some politics or bad coaching or something, they've got so much talent there. This is unmanageable. Yeah, but they went through a similar thing that we did in England um, after the debacle about. 15, 20 years ago, they had a, yeah, and they had a yeah. huge um, commission set up, and the French did as well. Then they set up there, uh, and it took them 10 years to get to this stage, if not longer, to start producing these players. And you can see England is doing that now as well. Which brings me to, which brings yeah. me to our beloved nation and the performances this week. Is it time for Stimac to There's go? Master Day as well. Well, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not I will watch it. Um, I'm not sure, but if it's the IPL against it or something like, I will watch it. Um, I don't know how much of it I'll watch, but I will watch it. But I think we said it before, you know. Well, I've, I've, I've sort of backed Steamac, given time, but I think regardless of the result today, regardless of the result against Maldives, and if we sneak into the final and win that four-five nil, I think it's time for him to go. Oh, I think I. We've decided that I think they lost him back as well. And I think they, they, they missed the point by not sending youngsters and sending a full-fledged team to the SAF tournament. They should have actually built, you know, given this as an opportunity, taken this as an opportunity, you know, field some youngsters. They went with the age-old Chetri Udanta route. They're not, I mean, no disrespect to Chetri. There's one There's a limit to what one person can do. And, and I can see his I frustration on the pitch, you know, Chetri's. He shows yeah. when he when he's pressing, yeah. he's on his own, and you can see him. Yeah, and he's still, I think, one of the most fit players in this yeah. squad. He's ready to play ninety minutes. Just, but uh, where where do we go now? It's a big question, I, I know. But th this week, like you said, a lot of people have now started calling it out for what it is. You know, it, it's time for change. I mean, I mean, it's been time. I don't think this match is the answer. Though. 
unfortunately. I don't think digital literacy is going to give you the No, it's not. Because it's... Why are we only taking players from uh, ISS? That's a big question, right? So these kind of blatant, problematic approach. Uh, Simak has had, like I think uh, somebody was pointing it out on Twitter, he's had to work with the smallest school ever. Because he's been told to only pick from ISS. And, and not that he cares, or I don't think he's always watching. But, you know, just hypothetically, he, he's, he's got such a small school to work with. And on top of it, uh, you know, so that really means, uh, you know, an Ivy player, an Anwar Ali, Anwar Ali, who's playing for... He's years, back. Right? He's good to, he's good to see him back. Yeah, good to see him back. So, I mean, he deserves a shot for national team. What is stopping you from doing Well... Do you want a team to buy him first, get him into the ISL, and then say, ISL has produced Indian football team again? The blatant, blatant privatization and the buying off of the federations of the national team. It's ridiculous. It's cute work. You There's so much uh, wrong with so the men's uh, setup that we can't even get round yeah. to the women's setup. Exactly. And it's so sad because they deserve it. There's yeah, a match yeah. today, and I'm getting to do it through um, AFF President's tweet. And there's this lovely episode's tweet on the, uh, you know, the, the Twitter account doesn't update its posts. You have to rely on one journalist giving us some outputs. And but then you they know, come with this bizarre explanation that uh, it was behind closed doors, so we can't. But do you know when the AFC AFC comes, they'll be there in the stands. Of course. Of course. Taking yeah, all the plaudits. So but, I'm telling you, this is a case of um, a wheel, a, a grass, for example. You can keep cutting things on the top, but it's still going to grow back. Unless you pluck off the root. There's no way. I'm going to replant things. That's the uh, that's the solution. And you know, there's been a recent development of Kerala following AF model and they've sold out for ten years now. Kerala football's been sold to a private party. What is going on? Uh, what, what's happened in Kerala? So they've sold uh, the next ten years' rights to uh, a private party, and now they will be managing the federation. So why do we have an elected body if they're going to sell it out to somebody else? <laughs> this is happening across the country as well, right? Like Air India is now from the Tatas. It's just I don't know what is happening there. It's just it's just crazy. And why do we elect people if you're going to sell it to a private party? I've I mean, got, I'll, I'll be honest. I've got nothing against uh, 
in some sectors, the private sector being there, you need the private sector. I, I mean, I'm from yeah, that thought, yeah, yeah. but, but um, in, not in sports, not in sports. Um, see, I still feel you can always decent. You mm. can always, uh, you know, subcontract it. To improve efficiency of some departments, that is struggling. This is this is different from giving it away for ten years. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? I'm just washing my hands and eating your salary and tax basically. Then why do we need you? True. Then why is the why is the Kerala Federation there? You can disband yourself. We will just mind you give the tax base money to the private company. Let them do something. I think they they would probably feel more responsible with it than you. But I think um, with Steamac, um, the Federation pre president needs to resign. I I'm going to call it out. It's going to be impossible, but he needs to go. And I think uh, because all of this is under his reign that's happened, it's not. I know, but you've got to say what it is, and I can say it here. But um, he needs to resign. They need to have a, a sort out, maybe even by Supreme Court judges who's tried to sort out the BCCI um, and bring in some genuine football-loving people at the top. Has to, and it's not going to be an easy next few years. Even if you were to start tomorrow, it's not. But um, I mean, that is, it's, it's, it's all like you know, wishing. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. Have we got anything? If only your uh, national team has proper scouting and is allowed to pick players from different leagues and allowed to work with them for a longer period. At least this will be over. At least these problems with the national team will be over. At least this constant that has happened a little bit. We all had problems with constant. And I don't want to, you know, talk about constant and like everything was. You're not saying bring back constant time, are you? You're not starting that campaign. <laughs> I mean, as a journalist, it's very difficult. So that's why. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, just, just have a project, you know. I don't even want a foreign coach this moment. I don't think like so. Going no. to somebody who's around 205, you don't need to bring Kalit Jamil and give him a project and give him one or two years, allow them to you know, work through the ranks. But it's sad for them. I see, uh, I put out a, uh, a Twitter poll the other day asking for this to be done. Uh, and yeah. I ran out of options. You know, how many options can you put on a Twitter poll? There's no options. And everybody is saying, the same, uh, saying, you know, the administration needs to change and everything else needs to get better. But the problem is, the administration itself is not merit-based. It's, it's, it's like elections. So it is it's as political. So if the opposition is going to come in, which is going to be like a rebel party, considering how the things are set up, we need to be a rebel for this, uh, this regime to topple. I'm surprised I'm using words like that. But for it to topple, you need a uh, rebel. And if you look at across the world, rebel groups have not always you know, been successful at you know, doing things that they promised. Right? So mm. I don't think that administration change is going to be as easy as people assume it to be. No, it won't. No. It's going to be it's going to be bloodbath and it's going to be like it's going to be like what past, uh, what Catalonia versus Spain is going. You know, not that scale, but it's going to be very difficult. It's going to take a lot of effort and all that. But I don't want the teams and players to suddenly lean by. So no, but the uh, think the, the current batch we've got in the national team are also accountable. Of course, of course. What are they doing? Yeah. They thought that they could walk through Sri Lanka. 
the reaction was wrong uh, and the, the execution was wrong. No, but in in the in in the sense that come today or the game against the Maldives or even in the um, next stage of the AFC qualifiers, they're going to be there. I don't think there's any risk for the majority of being dropped, is there? That is a problem because you can only pick from an ISS, right? right? Mm. So if you're given the if you've empowered the coach and the coach knows what uh, he or she is doing, I want the coach to say, "You all are automated. Get out. I want to get." It. A new set of players who's going to work uh, more hard. Like, like look at Hyderabad FC, for example. They got a lot of youngsters and they really no, but the problem with Make that, but the problem with that, Brendan, is they'll go back to their ISL clubs, they'll pick up their wage, and which is a very good wage from what I hear, and not care. It seems you know there's no pressure on them to perform. So that, that's great, right? So if they want to go back and not care about national team, those are things we don't want in national Let them be happy earning their money. I, mean, I also earn money, and I don't play for national team, so that's not mean I'm wrong. So let. If that's all they care and they don't feel the pride wearing the national team jersey, then they don't belong there. That's as simple as that. Uh, even though I, I've uh, had my insiders tell me that there are problems within the camp, a lot of players are unhappy with the training that's being offered. Um, the lack of uh, these are top players in the country, right? So you can't just give them random um, training. You need to have more specific. You need to know what is the strength of a Chetan, a Sahal. You can't just be giving random. So if there's a lack of preparation from the coaching side as been called out by a few players, this is inside information. So yeah, it could be that also. The reason why they're not playing well could be really down to that. There is no comfort zone as well. Um, you know, they need to be taken out of their comfort zone. You know, there needs to be some sort of I don't know what it is, but in terms of where do we start? And we've talked about the coach, we've talked about the federation. But if there's, I'll tell you about it. It's like every time there is a problem in UK, every time there is a problem in France, every time there is a problem in Belgium, in Germany, what do they do? They come up with their 10, 15 year plan to, mm. to change. The I thought the FDSL and ISL was that our equivalent. No, and it's not even ISL. We've had before also. We had, I think, Mission 2020. Mm. There was a program with the Dutch government as well, uh, Netherlands. Uh, that's when the Covermans and everybody was involved in before. They had some Dutch things as well. Lakshya, Lakshya 2022 or something. That was the project. Right. So, what happened? Nobody to nobody. No journalist. Because there is no journalist who's, who worked back then since working with Indian football. Everybody just got out. There's no point in sticking to this. Uh, you know, no, no publisher wants to write. So, I wanted to write about a uh, few things. And I'm struggling to find a publisher. There are no publishers. Literally, nobody wants an Indian football story. And I, I, then I realized that okay, I need to change my game. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, you know, without a, without money at the end of the day, right? So I'm also going to be looking at like athletics or cricket or whatever just to get my stories published. There's no papers for Indian but that was going to be my other point that, you know, I was thinking, and this made me really think this week since performance. And, um, you know, can we. Uh, are we expecting too much? Because when you look at team sports, cricket, where the, the federation is a world power, all three formats, we're in the top two and contend us every single time. Hockey, fair play to the federation. It's not the best, but it's in over that 10-year period, we've got to the stage where we're in the top four and came, came away with a bronze and things are looking up. And you can see the support the women's team is getting as well. 
Same in the cricket. The women's team, I think, are performing incredibly well in Australia. And they did really well here in England, despite uh, problems. That um, as a nation, we are going to struggle because other federations are doing well. The football is not going to get a look in. It's just going to be a mountain, and we should get used to that. What they are paid for? It's like I launch a brand of biscuits. There is already five different brand of biscuits. I can't just say say my biscuits never. I rather, I'll be honest with you. I rather watch uh, comedy than uh, ISL. It's true. Comedy, uh, hockey. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really watch a lot of uh, volleyball when that didn't happen. But a lot of people were big fans of that volleyball team. I would definitely watch uh, Sarah Nawal or Apeel Sindhu playing badminton for sure. It's much more interesting than seeing any international team play uh, football. So there are so many sports about them. They need to understand and not behave like IPL. You know, they need to understand that the sport is so far behind. They're struggling to, uh, you know, hold. Uh, I'll use the word "hold" knowingly. Hold Sinhala to draw. So it's just, it's that bad. You know, it's just. I just see you saying it, it's just depressing that we hold Sri Lanka and we we couldn't beat a 10-man Bangladesh team. Uh, shots on goal, I don't know, I don't have the stats, but I was looking at the stats and uh, one shot against Qatar, I mean, that's a sort of expected, only four shots when we beat against Bangladesh 2-0, we only had four shots on target. And it just and I was looking through Sri Lanka's results, that is, they had to play South Korea and everyone in the past. So, at least... They, they, I think they know the reality. So they played South Korea. They probably prepared really well, thinking, okay, this must be tough. And, oh, and, yeah, and I think the, these FIFA rankings, are, you know, for us, it's it's because we, I think we play more games. So we get uh, accumulate more points. But there's not a gap of 100 places between us and Sri Lanka. But I think, I think the second 100 is that. There is no difference between 150 and 150. But they should be. But I think once you reach that level... No, but what did we say at the start of this tournament? We said we should be at a level where we should be competing in the Central Asian with the Uzbekistans and what have you. No, I said, I said, and we should be sending the under-23s to SAF and still win comfortably 2-3-0, maybe lose the odd game. But that's where we should be. But we're absolutely nowhere near that. I would, a little, I would rephrase that a little. I would say go to SAF with an under 23 and battle it. I'm not saying make it comfortable, I just battle it out. And that is what it should have been. And previously that was what it was. Which is why, which is why it's even more strange with all this ISL and everything that is changing in football. Why we move backwards? Then our under 18 should be going. <laughs> if, if our football is in Send the arrows. Yeah, send the arrows, whatever. So it's just, yeah, it's just, um, it's so blatantly obvious. It's like, it's like written in front of, on the wall. But I refuse to read it, you know, it's just. Do you think, uh, do you think, you know, if ISL is going to be behind closed doors, that's definite now, isn't it, this upcoming season? Do you think that um, the Federation would be happy to have closed door competition every single year because they don't care? I think the clubs will care because they need the money. I, I, I mean, I talk to happen to hang out very close. I mean, the place where I hang out usually is so close to Kerala's office that I, you know, I keep these guys. 
guys uh, more often than not. So, I mean, they, for example, are really unhappy. There's no fans to tap into. There's no money. When you're already making a lot of losses and there's no ticket sales or no merchandise sales, and merchandise is another another topic that we'll be discussing. Price price is so badly that nobody's going to buy to them also. So, I mean, Bharat, it's just a very simple question. Who is running these things? Like, what are you thinking? How can you be so clueless? How can you be so, you know, how? I am not even saying you need to be an expert or anything. No, no. If you follow the sport for five years, I am not even saying you know you need to over twenty years. If you follow the sport for five years, you would make the better decisions. What do you like? I want to see this. But I, yeah, I want to smoke what you are smoking. It's that. Exactly. It's just. What are you thinking, guys? Like what? Why are you pricing a jersey at one thousand five hundred rupees a day when ninety-five, ninety-eight percent of Indians don't earn that much a day? Mm-hmm. What are you planning to do? And you know, uh, there's so many things like this that, as as content creators, you can't use three second clip from any of these formats. When, when they should be desperate. When they should be desperate, desperate for coverage. You think so any nobody help? Nobody does. Nobody does. Tell me yeah. one content creator. There's nobody. Nobody makes me any videos on ISS. Like whatever. You You know why should I lose my account because I care about I don't. I'll make something else. So it's just you have like whatever is the wrong path. You know, it's that you, it, it, there's a signboard saying this is the wrong path. And I think our people are like, oh, there's a signboard. Let's go this way. It's just really, really bad. I, I'm laughing at this point because I think I'm no longer so invested. Do you know? Do you know? My worry will be a little bit what's happening with Ole at United. He comes under pressure, pulls out an incredible win or a good win, and then he's fine. So we will probably win five nil today, and people will think, "What are these two talking about? You know, what's wrong?" And then we'll beat Maldives two one, go to the final, win that two nil against whoever's there, and everything's rosy again. Or do you think this time, point, this time people... I think it's reached a point where at least there is no Bruno Fernandes bailing. I don't think there's a Bruno Fernandes in the Indian team, you know. So, um, it's reached a point, I think, to expect even that 5 nil to happen is... No, no, I'm just saying that, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. But it's gone to a point where now defeat is actually your, like, growing is actually expected. And victory is not what you're expecting. So, it's just sad. So, do you think if, if you win, people will be like, okay, whatever. But, but do you think it's got to the stage this week? And I saw the comments and a lot of people. It's it'll be very difficult for the federation to keep Steamac, or will it be very easy for them to keep Steamac? Does the federation care? Oh my God, bad So. Um, it, it's a raining cat I can hear it. It's it's nice to hear. Oh wow. That was a close one. There you go, you hear it live. Yeah. The weather in Kerala. Yeah. I'll just like disconnect with my laptop. Anyway, so um I'm sorry, No, I was saying you know, you said the Federation doesn't care whether they keep Steamac or not, you know, they don't care. Because can you imagine if England had those two results here? I mean, yesterday they played play Andorra, but you know England's so good at the moment. But just back, can you imagine the press fury at the? It would be huge. Yeah, 
there is no press. Fury. <laughs> By the way, I don't know, but does does um uh, Steamac and the captain or any of the players do pre and post press conferences? Yeah, yeah, press conferences. But but nobody asks him tough questions. You are not allowed. If you do ask a question, that's your last question. You won't be invited again. You're not going to get another. Yeah. So. Goodness me. Why, why bother, you know? Either you attend it, write down whatever they say, or don't bother at all. I've, I've not attended the press conference in ages, so I mean, what is even the point? Uh, I saw an advert today, Federation is looking for a media uh, convener or something. Uh, put your CV in, my friend. It has Get into the inside. <laughs> Um, no way, no way. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was there was a point, I think, some three years ago when I didn't want to do it. Um, when I thought there was some, you know, potential to do it and stuff. And I realized it will get really wasted in that organization. Mm. Won't be able to do what I want to do. Bye bye. So, you know, give me. Uh, Give me some positives. We have to get the this podcast on a positive end, in the sense that you know, there's no positive. I'm giving any. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about some, some something else. You know, yeah, Chelsea is good. <laughs> there's no positive at all. You know? Oh, there's there's no uh, light at the I'll end of this you, tunnel. Uh, in terms of, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the positive is that football is going on just fine, and I think that's incredible. Mm. And I think beyond a certain level, beyond the professional leagues, people don't know about all this. People know that it was a beautiful game and people are going out there playing and they forget. Uh, run away from their souls, run away from you know, the troubles in the family. And that is what the sport is about. And sometimes people forget it. People forget that this is, at, at the essence, um, uh, a few boys, a few girls forgetting a lot of things and enjoying the moment. And I think that's still there. That's still, if you go out there and look at football, it's still there. Uh, unfortunately, it's not climbing up the ladder. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I, I, I was just talking to a few friends in Cobram. Uh, I was asking them what the football scene is there. And they're excited. They're the tournament coming up. And they're all geared up for it. And they don't care. They don't care if still matters the sports. They don't care uh, if, uh, you know, X, Y, Z is the president secretary whatever. Oh, yeah, and that's they understandable. That's totally understandable. Yeah, so they're just, they're just excited to play football. And, uh, um, and strangely enough, they've, uh, um, they've named themselves after top teams. So they're actually United Chelsea and all that. And, and they're going to play a local league there. So I'm happy. And I think I personally have become that uh, journalists who now want to focus on that class. I don't want to talk about yeah. It's, it's just depressing. A waste of my time. Yeah. yeah. When you, I, I'm, I'm getting to, and you know, when we met first time, I was wearing very dark rose tinted glasses, and that tint has faded over the past two years <laughs> to the extent that I don't know if it's almost clear now. Uh, but you yeah. Have to ask if there's a replacement for it. <laughs> a new pair of glasses. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, we'll see what happens uh, this, uh, well, today, later today, uh, against um, Nepal. Um, like I said, they've had a couple of good uh, wins, uh, Maldives, in their home stadium. It's not going to be easy. So we'll see what uh, the Indian team and the coaching staff bring to us. Um, but just moving on in terms of um, uh, 
the Premiership and um, the gap that we've had. You, you say you're very happy uh, where uh, Chelsea are. I'm not exactly very happy. I'm just trying to look for positive. If you put me in a squad. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, with the league position, you can't really complain. But I've I've seen tendencies of this Chelsea becoming like a contest Chelsea. Top of the league, you can't be anything but surely. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like that Chelsea, so I won't I won't be extremely dissatisfied if uh, Chelsea goes back to ten and defending. That is how I that's how I. Don't like that team, but you know, it was it was nice to see Werner. I really feel for that guy. I think he tries a lot on the pitch, so I, I was happy that he was involved in a goal and really, you know, a partnership. I mean, this show always turns into a Chelsea show eventually, whether you're on yeah, it or whoever's on it. But uh, do you really want to talk about Leicester right now? What is the scene there? I was just finishing on Werner, <laughs> but I, I, I saw him play for national team as well, Germany, and whenever I see him play for Chelsea as well, and it seems to be back to last season, it just doesn't look confident. You know, it, it's the way he looks, and he just doesn't, you know, come across as that he's going into a And the strange part is, he probably can change the club, find the right coach, and he starts scoring 30, 40 goals. Do you think? He's got that in him. Or did you think, think he had that one or two seasons that really, in Germany, I, before... I think, I think this is similar to what happened at Torres in Chelsea. Something, something went off, and suddenly these guys just can't score. They're still making the runs. They're still making, you know, getting into really good positions and stuff. But that that final end product is missing. And I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it comes back. Sometimes it doesn't come back. You remember um, Michu, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Swansea. What a brilliant two seasons he had. So we, I mean, with footballers, you can't really predict. But I think Werner is doing everything there. It's just that the, the composure for finishing is just the same thing. Once he's in the instant, like the energy is straightened out of him, he just makes the most obvious choice. There's no fake, there's no, you know, uh, the, that, that final product is missing. I don't know, maybe you can hire like a Chelsea can give him like a specific trainer, uh, uh, you know, get somebody like a Thierry Henry sort of a person just to work around. You need somebody who's played similar roles and, and that will probably change it. Maybe not with Chelsea. Sometimes players don't work out in certain setups, so we can move on. Maybe if he goes back to Germany, I think they'll find more space. Maybe to a Dortmund, um, you know, once Haaland makes a move, or maybe Nagelsmann will want him in Bayern, who knows. So then he'll probably go, go back to scoring him. And uh, I also want to take your views on this because he came up last week after Mo Salah scored that incredible goal against Man City. And there was a lot of conversations afterwards here on forums. And I think he was even on the Sky Sports coverage that he doesn't get the credit he deserves because it's always Harry Kane here as the number one striker and the best striker um, and in you know, top three or top four in the world. Uh, wh where do you stand on that? Uh between Mohamed Salah, do you think he's the best striker in the world? Because there was uh, those questions that he doesn't get enough credit here because of how. Of course, of course, I agree. I agree. Then I don't think he gets the same kind of credit. I don't think it's necessary to do game. I think it's partly because where he plays, because he comes from Birmingham, he's not your out-and-out striker. I think people still a lot of people think he's a midfielder, wide forward, and so. He's seen in that category, but I think uh, the way he's played this season, he's played messy, messy levels of output and uh, 
really direct football. I think he's a fabulous, fabulous footballer. One of the greatest uh, the last two, three years for sure. And I, again, I don't think it's that. I think Keane sort of fits a bill for what we expect in a strike. He is tall, he can hold the ball, uh, he can put his head uh, where it's required, and he can get nasty if he wants to. So, like, in some sense, Kane is what you'd expect in a striker. But modern football has changed so much. A lot of teams don't even need that, you know, pivot or that, uh, that you know, target man. And uh, to be fair to Kane, I don't think he's just a target man. I think he can dictate, he can do so many things. He's a fabulous footballer himself. But I think uh, a lot of these things have changed. We need to accept that Mo Salah's output, not just the security and what he brings. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that uh, he's not good enough to even be compared to Hazard. I think that's absolutely wrong. Uh, Hazard, again, brilliant footballer, uh, brought the joy back to football. Enjoy. You enjoy watching uh, Eddie Hazard in football. Oh, he's a legend for Leicester fans. Sorry? He's a legend even for Leicester fans. Yeah, it's just, he's got oh, that equal. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, so I think Mosala is also clinical. He scores yeah. way more goals and brings a lot more assists as well. So credit to him. It's not been an easy ride for him as well. Came to Chelsea as a potential star. Didn't get the option. He had to Roma, make a name. And it's not even like in Roma he was just level. He's just switched it on when he came to Liverpool. He just mm. brought his A game. So and it. it uh, I, I, I think he's the first footballer I know from Egypt, and be there, and you know. Oh, at this uh, level, without a doubt, yeah, 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 at this yeah, level, yeah. yeah. Um, he, I mean, so, he's one of those players that um, even other teams, if Egypt are playing, will want to watch Moisala. He's, so this he's got is that the thing. Level. There is a, um, um, I think Carlos Torres is now Egypt coach. Yeah, yeah. And there is an Indian working with him. I only heard about this through a friend who recently contacted yeah, both of us. So, I spoke to him yesterday and yeah. he told me. I found that really surprising. Yeah, so, who would have thought? And the, our first reaction is, oh my God, he's close to Mosa. So I, I was not even like uh, talking about, uh, I mean, asking about Carlos Cueros. I was more interested about yeah, incredible story, but not and not many people know about this. If he hadn't told me, I wouldn't have even come across that. Uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, now that you mentioned uh, your brother's allegiance, does he think Ole should stay? Because they're going through a bit of a another sticky patch, shall we say, with all that talent that a lot of people thought they might be. Uh... My brother. So if you thought I was good, I think he's good. So <laughs> he thought. So um, he thought Van Gaal should have stayed. He thought that project was not over then. He thought he needed another two years and he would have really built the uh, base, uh, the foundation for, uh, for uh, United. And I think you know, I agree with what that is coming from. I know it was not the most attractive football, no. but he was slowly starting to get a few players uh, in sync with the shape. He won the FA Cup, so they couldn't deliver the title and stuff like that. So. Um, I know Mourinho is a very attractive option, and which is why they went that route. But um, um, yeah, it's just uh, kind of uh, so that's where he stays. So with Ole, I know he doesn't care. He's just like uh, uh, he's not even sure. He has very controversial opinions about Bruno as well. He's like, I don't know whether Bruno fits that setup. I know he's a fabulous player, but he's when the he exposes one. to Fred and McTominay, so it just you know, how do you 
counter that is in this pod Pogba who is of phenomenal but like he was incredible with Mbappe the other day for the French team unbelievable but um, yeah yeah, United are coming to Leicester this Saturday so I'm looking forward to that 3 o'clock kickoff Um, (laughs) well Leicester is short of a win well, it's 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 our defense. We just can't. Um, I mean, that injury preseason game for Farno knocked him out for over a year. I think that really hit us. And on top of that, Evans can't get this rid of this injury as well. So he's a bedrock. Evans is the one. He's the brains. He hasn't got the pace or anything, but he's the brains in defense. And what you found that he made others look good. If Evans is there, Farno looks good. Soyuncu looks good. No matter who plays next to him. So. That defence is where the problem lies. I mean, we threw away a 2-0 lead to poor goals last week against Palace. And I think Palace should have won. Were... Yeah, to be fair, yeah. we, in the first half, they were a far better team than us. Yeah. And um, we, the two goals were pretty much our only two shots. Um, so it's defensively that's uh, the problem. And Vestergaard is still getting used to... I think he didn't expect to play so many games as soon as he came in, but it's the issue with um, Evans and Vestergaard, in a way, has to try and uh, support Soyuncu, who's always got a mistake in him. I like him, but um, he needs a sort of an Evans sort David of... David Lewis also Yeah, well... <laughs> but, uh, in, in... No, I think David Lewis on his day was a brilliant defender. One of my favourite defenders to watch. Really? Like, so comfortable on the ball. and He always turned up for big matches. A lot of people don't understand that, you know, Champions League, whatever. If it's a big match, this guy puts in a big performance. One of my favorite footballers too. I mean, I, I, I'm really waiting for him to retire so that I can write like a long uh, piece on what a fascinating character this is. Like, for me, talking about David Lewis is like talking about... Uh, was he a defender or was he a midfielder? A defender. I don't I All these English arguments about, you know, it's just because he can play ball, he should play this <laughs> Ridiculous because in certain sets, I think. No, but when you saw that when he was in a libero sort of role, when he had like two other defenders, he was very Yeah, yeah. He complained of four. I mean, yeah. I think maybe maybe if he had the right coach who could discipline him into doing that, maybe he would have. But I think he never found that stability anywhere. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, we, we talked about Thiago Silvani. Thiago was one of the greatest. Um, and not just because he's at Chelsea, right? I've always admired him. But in terms of talent-wise, I thought those two were a remarkable pair. And then, um, to be really honest, I can't really think of a really nice uh, centre-back pairing for Brazil. That was one area where they kind of lacked. Yeah, they always, always had great attackers and big backs. Never ever had decent goalkeepers either. Now look. Yeah. yeah, now it's just a, so much, so much talent there. But like, I thought with Thiago Silva and David Lewis, they had found the the perfect pairing. But sort of. But Thiago, so I do rate. Thiago, I do rate. He's a proper old school defender. He, you know, he knows his stuff. But with Luis, oh, would you bet your house on him? Luis is not... that he sort of gives that you know extra. He wants to dribble it out of the defense sometimes, and so. You need a, I think, a John Terry sort of a figure, the Agassi was sort of a figure, yeah, yeah. always next to him, sort of. Mm. But like, if you have that, and if you can get the footballer out of uh, David Lewis, I thought it was a great Oh, it's a footballer, yeah, you can't say, but it's just the inconsistent and sometimes temperament. and. But yeah, I suppose you get that with some players. But you know, viewers and listeners, 
You see how it comes back to Chelsea. Always comes Chelsea. back to Chelsea. No matter which club I'm talking about, even if it's my beloved Leicester, somehow we end up talking about the uh, other blue club in London. I think so. I think Not yet. He's got time. He's got time. But listen, Nevin, you know, it, it's been a, as far as Indian football is concerned, depressing week. Very, very depressing watches. Uh, I'm not sure about today. Sorry? Yes, like yes, of course, yeah. Um, but you've cheered me up a little bit by getting out all this out of my system and getting to have a bit of a conversation. And uh, I think all... this was a this was a random episode more than a. <laughs> well, it was a bit of a therapy session as well. I've got it out of my system, yeah. so until I watch the game today, then it'll all come flooding back. But we'll see. But um, you know, stay away, stay away, my friend. Don't do it. Don't do. Sucker for punishment, I suppose. You know, it's yeah. being uh, an Indian uh, football supporter and uh, trying to live the dream that's not coming true anyway uh, soon anyway uh but th- um, I, th- I think i saw a good conclusion statement like i think i saw it saying, yeah india are sleeping that everything's sleeping and we're still sleeping <laughs> <laughs> we're living through us wake up yeah but we're sleeping and we're watching a nightmare you know it's not a dream it's yeah. a nightmare so uh yeah good analogy to end with we will wake up soon we live in that hope but uh As always, great company and time flies when I speak to you and it makes my Sunday. So thank you again, my friend. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again very soon. Bye.